Uh, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my background, but then I want to tell you what happened in like 2014-ish to 2020. And then I'm going to show everything. Um, if I talk numbers, I'm not here to impress you. I don't have anything to sell. Uh, may not ever see you again um, or anything like that. It, so, I'm, But I'm going to talk. That's what like Jonathan and I talk. I'm going to talk like Jonathan and I talk. Um, I'm going to share some numbers um, and that type of thing. Um, I'm going to talk about taxes and marketing and um, paying Uncle Sam and not suing a business partner for um, $172,000 uh, in legal fees. I'm going to talk about all that. Writing books, anything that you want me to talk about more, um, I'll answer anything that you know you find helpful. So we'll dig in, but I'm going to share that. So um, let's see, born and raised in Murfreesboro, um, been self-employed since I was 20 years old, never had a real job, like a grown-up big boy job. Um, I ended up going to Bible college, thought I was going to be Billy Graham. Turns out I, I would have been terrible uh, as Billy Graham. Uh, ended up going into business, um, made my first money online, first $47 online. I was like 22, um, and that kind of changed my life. I was like, oh, wow, I want to sell stuff online. Wrote my first book at 26, um, teaching people. Uh, wasn't teaching people. It was interviews. I didn't even write any of the book, um, but I interviewed people making $100,000 or more on the Internet selling different stuff. That was my first book at 26. Changed my life. Uh, that's why I've written uh, seven more since um, because of that. And I can talk about book marketing and all that stuff. Um, married uh, for be 12 years this year. I have an 11-year-old daughter now. And uh, Jonathan and I have been getting together, um, like I said, for like 18 years. Um, I was thinking about when I saw Rachel today, I was like, man, I met through Rachel because they're Dan Miller coach. And then she's like, man, you need to talk to this dude. And then we've been friends talking to shop, you know, for 18 years. And, and so it's been really fun. And so um, I'd come up like once a year and come speak just for fun, just hanging out. Um, so um, I'm very blunt, literal, direct. I'll answer anything you want. Um, and um, so... All right, so let's start 2000. Uh, so most of my money has been made uh, on the internet, um, selling eBooks to software. Um, I've never flown before. I had a website that paid my mortgage for many years called coolestplacestovisit.com. You've probably heard that story um, through the years when I've spoke. Um, and Google would advertise on it and it paid my mortgage and I'd never been to these places. And um, people find that, that story fascinating. So I've done a lot of stuff online. Um, so 2014-ish, Jonathan told me about this thing where he was paying off his home in five to seven years when we would sit down in our every other week or once a month meetings when he would come to Nashville. And uh, didn't know what it was, didn't say what loan it was or anything, didn't really understand it, but I'm like, I was waiting for the scam. A scam never happened, but his, his he was paying off his home faster. I'm like, oh man, like I would ask him six months later, uh, didn't really understand it. Fast forward, he was using this company called Truth and Equity, um, and I was about to sign up for it um, once I realized, oh, it is legit, whatever. It's 2014-ish. Didn't really understand it, but after like a year or something, I realized it wasn't a scam, and I was like, all right, let me sign up. Fast forward 2015, uh, early 2015, going down the interstate with Tim Davis, um, talk about getting in the mortgage business. Um, I ended up getting the mortgage business. I wrote a book called uh, How to Buy Your Dream Home for Self-Employed. Um, that got me in the, landed in the newspaper locally. Because I got landed in the newspaper, a guy named Michael Lush saw me in the newspaper. This is how all this stuff works. This is how you make 
you know, made millions of dollars doing this. Um, so I got featured in the newspaper. Uh, Michael Lush um, saw me in the newspaper. Was like, well, who's this dude in the mortgage business? I don't even know who this guy is, and he's local and he has a book. And does he know more than I do about you know mortgages or whatever? Um, and he reached out, wanted some marketing stuff, but like we were competition. I had my mortgage license then. Never intended to do a mortgage. You wouldn't want me. I saw my license today. You would not want me to do your mortgage because I don't know how to do it. But I did pass the test and uh, and I re-up every year. But um, but I knew I could market leads and have somebody put a pickle on a hamburger for me is what I call it um, and do the actual mortgage for me. I didn't have to know how to do it. Um, even though I had a book about it, I knew I could just outsource it to somebody. And that's a big takeaway right there is outsourcing. Um, and work on your core competence. Well, he started teaching, he was teaching something about how to pay off your home early. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm the only, only person I've ever heard this from is my friend Jonathan. So I said, hey, I know something about this. And uh, fast forward, we end up meeting and comparing notes. I saw what he was doing. He was selling his courses, making nine to 12 grand a month, selling a $2,000 course on how to pay off your home early. Well, I saw stuff, we were meeting at the Target, the Starbucks and Target in Spring Hill, Tennessee. And that's where the whole, multi-million dollar business started right there. Didn't know it was gonna happen, had no idea it was gonna happen. Um, I just saw his stuff and it looked terrible and, and I'm not busting on him, he just, he's not a marketer, but he was signing up friends and family in his neighborhood and his past mortgage clients. And so at $2,000, you don't have to sign up very many to make nine to 12 grand a month. And I was like, I could just quadruple your business. Like I could just do what I do or whatever. Like it's, that's not, whatever. He goes, well, I'll give you 50% of what you bring in. Not partners, but just I will give you 50%. So um, started marketing it. I built a brand called Replace Your Mortgage. I bought the domain, I think September 25th, 2015. Um, on GoDaddy for $12. I spent another um, $190 on a logo and my buddy Kevin, who's my right-hand man tech guy, to like do the website for me because I'm still I'm slow at that, even though I've been doing this for so many years. But that's not where the money's at anyway. Um, the idea and the concept is where that's where the money uh, is, but I spent $200 on this business. And uh, long story short, we end up um, started making like, I did an interview with him, uh, with Michael, and I said, hey, does anybody want this interview? This guy knows how to pay off your home five to seven years. And uh, like 20 something people raised their hand on Facebook. Some of my friends had a fairly large following and um, I sent them the link and it was, uh, at the end of the CD, it was an offer to sign up as a client or to do a discover call to see if like they, um, I can run, we can run your numbers, see how long it'll take you to pay off your home. And long story short, out of that, we ended up making like $20,000, just like that. Like over the course of like 30 days or so. Um, and then I was like, well, we're gonna run out of cold market. I decided to, let's do video, cause I've always done great on video uh, because you got body language and people can trust you. So December, 2015, we built a YouTube channel called Replace Your Mortgage. Um, I put Michael on the video because he had a better story. He was a mortgage person for a long time. Um, and I, I basically was the producer and the director. And I said, we need to do the video on these things. I did um, search engine optimization. I learned out what questions, that's a big thing. Using Google Suggest, go to Google and type in whatever your niche is, who, what, when, where, and how. Questions, right? And then Google will pull up the top 10 questions that people are asking about your topic. That's all I did to start that whole business. And that's what we did videos on. And so we did videos. Um, 
a lot of people don't know you can pay to get on, on TV. So we paid Channel 4 $1,000 to be interviewed. A lot of people don't know that. So you can buy your way onto TV and it still looks professional and it looks like you're a celebrity. So it's called a transfer of trust. So are y'all bored? <laughs> no, no. Okay, I just want to make sure. No, that, was, that was a good nugget there. That, that you could buy an interview. Oh, yeah, and I did it again, but I did it better this time because you learn, you get older and gray hair and you get a little more wisdom. Um, now I paid a PhD $2,000 to be on TV for me because he had a degree in math and he's smarter. Who's smarter than a PhD in math? Nobody. And so I got him to be on TV. So I got two transfers of trust. So that's a whole, we'll get into that. But so at first for $1,000, I said, um, we want to do that, but I need the video file. So, okay, fine. Whatever. I didn't care if anybody, I don't care if my mom or anybody's watching TV. Uh, we got a bunch of old ladies calling, uh, our show or the number after the show, but they weren't, you know, they weren't good leads or whatever, but um, I just wanted the video. So we took the video and ran that as Facebook ads over the years uh, at $1,000 a day. Eventually we got up to $1,000 a day. We spent $4,000 a day for about two or three years. Um, but I ran that, we ran the ad, it showed 128,000 times, that one Channel 4 video that we spent $1,000 on. And so a lot of people don't you can do that. You, you can do it in Knoxville, Tennessee, I guarantee it. You can be on Channel 4, Channel 5 this week um, for probably a thousand and two thousand dollars and then use that over and over again um, for credibility because they're not gonna have a scammer on Channel 4 or 5 being interviewed and only people that are speakers um, and um, being interviewed, you know, they're experts or whatever, you know, they have that persuasive power. So. Um, so we did this YouTube channel and then um, it started kind of January, February, like we started getting leads, like strangers, like total cold strangers calling us, booking a call with my partner because I didn't know what I was doing. I still barely even understood the loan. Um, it was called a HELOC, Home Equity Line of Credit is what we, the strategy we use. That's the one loan. So strangers started booking calls. I was like, holy cow, who's this cat? And then they started giving us $2,000. And it was like, who is this cat that just gave us $2,000? Like, holy crap, this is unbelievable. And I'm like, tell me about it. Oh, it's a guy? It's not a girl? Okay, cool. Uh, you know, are they black, white? Do they drive a Chevy? Do they like, do they love God? Do they hate God? Do they, like, do they eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Tony the Tiger? Like, what, I want to know, I would always ask Michael, tell me more about this person. Because I am taking a sculpture, a piece of ice or a piece of clay, and I'm starting to mold that into my avatar. And eventually we found out who that person was. It was a 34 to 50 year old male, um, probably drove a Chevy, who was a Christian. Um, that's who we started attracting and stuff like that. And we found out like it was a very niche and then we tightened our ads. We only targeted 35 to 54 year old males. That's all we do, we didn't target women or anything. Now women would find our stuff and sign up and all that, but we spent our money on 35 to 54 year old males um, with a Christian slant. Because some people liked, and not everybody was a Christian, didn't have to be, but we said God bless at the end of the videos. That's something I always did, and then Michael picked up on that, and um, and it was real, uh, but it just attracted those people too. Um, so, um, so people started handing us money. So March 2016, um, we end up becoming a part. I said, well, this is not a hobby. We're making probably 20, 15 to 20 grand a month now. This is not a hobby. I'm either going to be 50-50 or, or I'm going to find another you. Um, and so we ended up becoming partners. 
Um, I need to say, I can't talk negatively. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, I'm not going to say everything because per the lawsuit, we both signed agreements. We wouldn't dis disparage and all that stuff. But at some point, we have a disagreement, and I'll get to that because I want y'all to learn from it or whatever um, because, you know, I've already been there for you. But um, so we ended up becoming 50-50 partners. Um, so we started doing that thing. And then um, I was like, wait a minute. So what if we just put sent more people to our YouTube channel? So we started spending – and they – this is crazy. When I tell you we spent $4,000 a day for about two or three years, that's a lot. But, like, I don't really have an emotional – when I say that, like, that's just what we did because we made so much more money than the 4000 I know it's a lot, and it's like, oh, it's crazy. But what gets it still to this day, gets the emotional reaction out of me, is the $300 a day that we started with. We're like, I think if we – let's just start with 300 and we're, again, making 15, 20 grand a month or whatever, splitting it, you know. Um, but we started doing that, and more people started coming. Like, Holy crap. And we started doubling our business and stuff. And then, long story, I want to fast forward to, um, oh, let me back this up. So we wrote a book called Replace Your Mortgage. Um, you can, you, it's, I don't own it anymore. I sold it, but you can buy it on Amazon. But we gave it away for free to get leads. Eventually, about 400,000 people got a copy of that book, which is insane. Did not see that coming. Um, and so people would download our book on our website and then eventually go through our emails that I wrote. I was Michael Lush for, for the first year intentionally because, again, I want to know if they ate Cinnamon Toast Crunch or Tony Tiger for breakfast or not. And then I would rewrite my emails if, they, if I knew they liked Cinnamon Toast Crunch. I'd, write, I'd put Cinnamon Toast Crunch in there um, because I want to hit you right between the eyes. Message to market match. Whoever you're talking to, message to market match. So... Um, that's what we did. So then we started making money. Uh, a, a bank um, in Franklin started giving us money because we started sending loans to the bank. So we did bank deal. So I think we started making an extra 10 or 20 grand a month a piece uh, at one point. Um, I want to fast forward to uh, 2000, end of 2016. Um, I'm paying off debt. I had $54,000 in student loan debt in 2015. Um, I... And by the way, I graduated with a 1.9 GPA from high school. So, you know, take my all this knowledge of the grain of salt because, you know, 1.9 GPA, I, I slept a lot in school. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so we uh, had 54, I had $54,000 in student loan debt. First year, felt like a drug dealer, but I just paid as boring, but I just paid off my student loan debt. I'm like, well, this ain't lasting. Like, I don't know, this is crazy. It was just, it just came really quick like a wave. And I was like, well, I'll just pay off my student loan debt. We'll be debt-free. We have no car payments. We just have a house. Well, it kept coming. And then we ended up paying our house off in like 2017. And that, that will lead to something else. So um, eventually we started with two. We, now we upgraded to two packages, $4,000 and $2,000, platinum and gold. And then eventually I read a book called How to, How to um, Build to Sell. About a standard book, phenomenal book about selling you. And what I took away from it wasn't selling your company this one little thing about pricing. It was, the book wasn't even about pricing, but this one little section probably made us hundreds of thousands, if not a million dollars, one thing, and it was pricing. And I would let our guys discount to $3,400 if it was $4,000 to 3400 that's the most. But I was like, wait a minute, instead of $2,000 for gold, 
let's make it $24.97, $2,497. So if they discount, actually we would let them discount to $32.97. Well, $32.97 and $24.97 is not that far off. If you're gonna spend $2,400 and get this, but I can spend $3,200 and get this so much more, unlimited consulting, that's what it was, unlimited consulting, platinum, what are you gonna spend? That's what I took away from that book, that one concept. So we bumped up to $24.97 and added an extra 500 bucks. But how many people upgraded to platinum instead of just gold? I mean, we end up having about 5,500 customers in five years. This lasted five years before the lawsuit. And uh, we had 5,500 people that paid us $2,400 to $4,000. Um, so fast forward, uh, December 2016, we, we kept trying to double our production, kept trying to pay, spend $600 a day. 300 was killing. We're like, dude, surely you had not max out YouTube. Found out one of my good friends owns a, a media company, didn't know what he was doing. Uh, he outsourced to a, an employee our YouTube ads, wasn't watching it. We were spending $54 a day on a, in a gaming app about paying off your home early. So about 1500 a month right there, still real money, still like very real money to us. Like even we're probably making, I don't know what we're making then, but I'm gonna say 20 to 30,000, 40,000 a month, something like that. And we split it, you know, after expenses and everything. Um, and we, we didn't have a ton of expenses at the time. Um, and then of course the fee for him to run the ads and then some of the ads were running overseas and we didn't even do anything overseas. So we lost about $15,000. I, I, uh, there's an ebook I bought on YouTube. Uh, I thought, man, this is like badass, uh, but I'm never going to do this myself. So can I pay you some money to like look at my stuff? Yes. John Belcher looked at it for $1,000 and he said, hey, this guy is running these ads and it's jacked up. And so we fired Bob and, uh, and then hired John Belcher. Um, and we started paying him, you know, a few thousand dollars a month to run our YouTube ads. And then we went from like 300 to like 900 to 2000 to eventually um, three to $4,000 a day in the next few months or whatever. Um, I'm gonna stop right there real quick. Comments or questions, so anything from book marketing to ideas to picking a niche, anything you so far. I think 400,000 books? Uh, 400,000 people, yeah, got our copy of our book, yep. And that's ebook. Yeah, so like uh, we had the download. I don't know how many bought our book because we didn't care how many bought the book. We wanted the email list yeah. because it was super valuable. I mean, I, there's one campaign where I sent other offers to the list. Eventually, I deleted some of the list and I sent that were not active. And I sent out four emails. This is when I was winding down the business when I, before I sold out. Um, I, I wrote four emails and made $80,000. I'll never forget it. And, and then, I, and that wasn't the only time, uh, we did another campaign, I sent two emails and made 24,000. Um, and that's the power of just sending an email and an offer to a list. And that's why we got that email list, because if that baby's crying, the dog's barking, you know, whatever, all these distractions, I got at least one more shot, unless you unsubscribe, to sell to you, you know, so you want that email list. And then we knew it took 21 days, people would marinate for like 21 days before they would book a call. We got it down to a science. We had everything tracked down to a science. And they would, about day, now some people would give us money day seven, but on average, take about between 21 and day 30, people would hand us, you know, two to $4,000 up to about day 45. 
and day 60 was like a cliff. Did people sign up after day 60? Yes, very rare though. And so it was like dead after that. Either they're doing it uh, on their own or they don't believe this works or anything. And then I would try to sell them other stuff, you know, to like recoup some of our $4,000 a day we're spending, so. So you said you were tracking, how, how would you track that? Um, we were tracking like, um, uh, we had uh, links in our email to book, a, we always corralled people to book a call. Replacemortgage.com slash discover uh, was the money page. And we, everything was book a call, book a call, book a call. You wanna talk to us at all, book a call. Um, we corralled them, the herd in there and did that. And so we had, um, uh, you know, those links in Google. I just forgot what you call them. But like you can put a link, um, not a Bentley link, but like a Bentley link, but um, I'm forgetting what you call it. But um, I had a spreadsheet. So anytime I want to put a link in there in the email, uh, I would do it. And so I, I, we had email on day 21 links. So I knew when people are booking the most calls, what days, like which emails were booking the most calls. We, we knew that because of, um, and I just can't think of the freaking. Maybe, maybe, maybe I can, uh, it was just like these Google, it was just like a Google link or whatever, but it wasn't Bentley we were using, but it was like that. We and, and John Belcher made us a spreadsheet. So I would just go and put the link and then it would autom the spreadsheet automatically created the link. And I grabbed that and put it in the email and uh, I just forgot what you what you call it. Um, it's so common. I meant to nerds, like uh, just forget what it's called. But we would so we knew our numbers. Like we had, and we had to upfront that money, but we weren't getting paid till like day like 21 on average, you know. But we had to trust the system. But it, we kept dialing in, dialing in. Um, so 2017. Okay. So again, we're making and we got to deal with the bank. I'm making 10 grand. My buddy's making. Uh, my partner, I don't say buddy, we never were buddies, but like uh, we were, um, um, he was he was making about the same. And um, I, again, I don't remember exactly how much we're making, but it was a lot. Um, 2017, again, we didn't plan, so I'm, I'm gonna share something with you. So um, I think I made like 700 grand in 2000, 2017. I think it was like 700,000 700, is what I made. And, um, I didn't know to like plan. I, I knew basic stuff to lower your taxes. Obviously you got expenses, you can do a SEP IRA, um, you know, we'll lower your tax. You can max it out at $54,000. You can do that. Um, there's other stuff. I knew the basics, but I didn't know about planning. So you only have 12 months to do certain things, uh, you know, a 12 month year to actually do your stuff. Well, I didn't know what I didn't know. We had all this money coming in um, and it was quick and I just didn't know, and I'd never made that, I mean, 700 grand in a year is, is it, was, it was weird. It didn't even, emotions are gone now. Uh, like my house is paid off. And so um, that year um, I ended up paying $203,000 in taxes, which is just sick, it's thankful, right? Like you made that much money to pay 203,000, um, but um, that's disturbing because the government, you know, pisses it away and just like, what did they do with it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Left-handed ballerinas that like to knit and they're gonna do science experiments on them and, you know, like, and there's my money. Like, that's what they're doing with it. And uh, so 
um, I was like, okay, this is a problem. Because at the time, this is pre-COVID and all this, you could buy houses for, it wasn't a recession or anything, but you could just buy normal, like normal pricing and, you know, that type of thing or whatever. But um, I was just like, okay, what are the wealthy doing um, to lower their taxes? Because you can't, like, this is a problem, you know, because I could have bought at the time, when I look back now, probably four to five houses. And you think like, what could, then, now that we know that all these prices, do you know what that, that, that probably would have made me extra million dollars. Yeah, easy, because of what has happened to all the home prices, because this is 2017. So imagine just that alone, not counting rent, uh, that is my family's net, that's my family's legacy. That's my, you know, my wife, my daughter, you know, grandchildren eventually and all that. Um, so I found out real estate was um, like big tax shelter. So start, and I'm not an accountant, don't hold me to this, whatever, I don't know what I'm talking about, but just know what I did and, you know, you do whatever you want to do. Um, so um, we paid off our house 2017, actually we owed $5,000, but about 200 yards away on Big Eagle Trail was a house that was about to be foreclosed on in four days. And I was like, oh man, I should buy this house. And it was like jacked up. And we lived in a normal, nice neighborhood in Spring Hill. It was jacked up. And I was like, can I buy it? And they said, yes, this guy did. And I said, I can save you and you won't have to go bankrupt or anything. And I can buy it. Bought it for 167. I used my HELOC, my home equity line of credit, because I had access to cash. That and maybe a little bit of my savings. Bought the house, didn't know what I was doing. Just bought the house. Now I maxed out my other house. The house I just paid off, I maxed that out. But now I've got a, a house that I bought for 167 that's probably worth 220 at the time, just like that. And then, um, long story short, I end up making about 40 grand in rent from that house over the next two to three years. Okay. Um, but with that house, First Farmers Bank in Spring Hill said, hey, you got an asset over here. So they gave me a $180,000 line of credit. So I went and bought like two or three more houses with that line of credit and then started renting those things out. So then my, I lowered my taxes because like there's, there's a lot of tax strategies uh, like depreciation with real estate, um, different things like that. So I'm gonna stop right there real quick. Are y'all getting anything out of this? Y'all bored? Anything? Okay, how's it make sure? Anything? Yeah. Now when you say back to the other yep. business. Yep. And you said folks are called. Yep. Where are the phone calls going? Okay, so eventually, maybe two, late 2016, we hired our first employee. Well, they're all freelancers. They weren't employees. Uh, uh, they're 1099. A guy named Matt, who was a friend of uh, Michael's, um, to do calls for us and I think customer service. But he was our first sales rep. Yeah, he, was, he, did, he did calls. Because now we started getting more because he did that advertising. It was just Michael. But Michael couldn't even go. To, I remember him. I had to do a phone call. He was in Gatlinburg one time, and like I had to do the calls. Like he was the only guy doing the calls, and it got crazy. It was starting to get. I don't know how many calls we were doing. Eventually, we were doing like 150 calls a month, which is pretty pretty crazy or whatever. But like, uh, and maybe more than that. But I think at least 150 calls. They, um, but I remember him trying to go to Gatlinburg one time, and like he had to be gone. And I'm like, oh my god, I gotta answer the phone. Like I gotta like take this. I don't even know what I'm doing here, and. Uh, and I guess I did okay. Nobody died or anything. I, I winged it and just whatever. But eventually we hired Matt so Michael could actually have a life because if because we weren't making money, we're advertising. 
And then like, if he wasn't on the phone, we weren't making money. So we got Matt, Matt started doing calls for us. And then we used, um, we used Grasshopper. And that's a funny story in of itself. Uh, I'll tell you in a second. I didn't answer my phone for like two or three years. And people thought I called them back for like two or three years and I never called them back. All right, I'll tell you in a second, cause this is like one of these outsourcing things. It's a Duttonism, like I just, I just outsource so I don't have to work. But like they, uh, so we used um, Acuity software. Uh, Acuity is a software to book appointments. Not, I mean, it's one of the big ones, top three to five big ones uh, to book calls. So literally Matt would get on there and then eventually Michael and Matt would rotate. You know, he'd have his schedule. And, and so it would just, you can set it up to rotate whoever schedules open. And so it was Matt and Michael. And eventually we started adding more people um, but Grasshopper is funny. So Grasshopper is like a, just a, a phone system. Like it's very popular. It's probably in the top three to five too. Grasshopper.com probably. Um, where you can just get a phone number and you can always go to voicemail or whatever. So if you called her voice, if you called her phone number, always in voicemail and it would say, I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this, the story of how I didn't ever call anybody back for like two years, but they thought they got a call from me. Um, so I had a voice, I recorded the voicemail and basically it was like, um, hey, sorry you missed this, we're on the other, we're on the phone. Um, if, you're, if you got questions, um, please book a call, replacemortgage.com slash discover. Well, some people still, like most people would go and book a call. Some people would still leave a voicemail. Like, it wasn't a lot, end up being five or 10 a week, probably something like that, but some people still bugging the system, like we're gonna, and so I had a, I got a buddy um, in Mount Juliet in Costas Pepis at a software, and I wish I could plug it. I just can't think of the name of it right now. Um, that did, you know, like those robocalls that's a super annoying? Well, you can do it in a way where it's not annoying, okay? So the way we did it was um, I had an assistant. Now we had an assistant at the time. We're getting all the stuff. You won't get bogged down by stuff that don't make you money. Um, I had an assistant go in take the phone numbers. No, I recorded an MP3 on my phone and I, and I and like really ghetto, like just like I'm talking to Jonathan, like I'm professional. Um, hey, hey, this, this is David Dudden from Replace Your Mortgage. Hey, sorry I missed you. Looks like we're playing phone tag. Um, hey man, if you, if you, if you want to go ahead and just book a call, replaceyourmortgage.com slash discover, that way you can get to you. But you know, here's my phone number, 615-796. A 104. Take care. God bless. That was, that's, I'm probably 99% sure that was the, the file that I recorded on my phone because I wanted to sound unprofessional and just like I called. Yep. And so um, I uploaded that file to my buddy's software. And so I had my assistant go in. And every time we got a, so we got those five calls that people still leaving voicemails. Um, she would go in like every day or once every couple of days and look and uh, put those phone numbers in the system and it will call Jonathan and not ring. It would go right to his voicemail and that file, that audio would play and it sounded just like I called from my cell phone him. And so he thought he got a personal call from one of the founders of the company that was on the book cover. And don't discount that too because people think you're a celebrity. People really think, thought we were a celebrity on that. And so it made a huge impact but I didn't have to do anything. And so I did that, I mean, probably at least hundreds, hundreds of people got that and thought it was me, but I'd never called anybody back for like two or three years. And that was just how I try to do stuff to be efficient. But like, uh, and then if they happen to call my cell, 
if they and I then I would narrow down even more. Then I'd have like one to f one to four people a month actually like call myself. Well, I, I don't answer my phone a lot, and so um, it went. Um, Jonathan's even worse than that, by the way. He's he never answers his phone. But like I I maybe picked up a habit, and I don't answer my phone much either. Um, and uh, and so like they would leave me a voicemail. Well, eventually we got more sales reps. I would just forward the lead over to our sales reps. And so I just was freed up. That's what we want to do. We want to like make money. We want to help people, you know, by what we're doing, making money. And then we want to free up our time, right? So um, I'm going to fast forward to one of my, I want to say genius. And I say this, and I'm serious. I don't usually say genius and David Dutton like in the same same thing, especially because that's like really narcissistic anyway. But like... Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, eh, is that really, really? Um, but I will say I did have a stroke of genius, and I will say it's one of the few times in my life where I'm like, I ain't gonna lie, that was a pretty good idea. It really, that's what I say to myself. It was a pretty good idea. I was at Brentwood Country Club when I came up with this idea. I remember like it was yesterday. Had a guy named David Bruce, never forget, um, had heard about this 10 years ago and never did anything about it and was like about this, how to pay off your home five or seven years. He's been in the mortgage business like 15, 20 years. And um, he wanted to sell for us. He wanted to do a license. And like maybe Florida and Tennessee and all that. Well, dude, we don't know anything about license and all that. And at the time, I don't remember when he joined, but at the time, five grand was like a lot of money still. Like it was still like real, because eventually the money stopped being real. And again, I'm not saying any of this bragging. I'm just telling you real life how it feels to make, you know, 100000 a month and stuff. It was a very weird, not complaining. I'm okay with weird. Like, it was $100,000 a month. You don't even feel anything anymore, like, because you can just buy stuff or whatever. And But at the time, I still remember 5000 like, oh, man, that was a lot of money or whatever. Um, and I remember he... Um, let's see. So he wanted to do a license, and we said, okay, $5,000. And he goes, okay, cool. And so we gave him like Tennessee and Florida, I think. Um, he tried all this stuff. Not, nice guy, but just really, really bad marketing. Just just not even good, just really bad. Wouldn't get anything. And I was talking to him at Brentwood Country Club on the phone. I never forget it. I was standing out in the parking lot. And he goes, man, I said, dude, you ain't really doing anything. We're going to take your license away if you ain't going to do anything. Like, you're, I'm just, you know, what's up? Like, um, he goes, man, if I can actually get in front of people, if I can actually talk on the phone and get in front of people, I could actually make money. I'm like, you sure? And we're getting leads by this time. I mean, you know, we're killing it by this time. I don't know what we're making, but we're killing it. And I go, tell you what, I'll give you like, I can't remember the number. I'm going to say it was like 10 appointments for like $5,000. So if you're confident, you know, like I'll do that. Well, he goes, all right, I'll do that. So he goes, five grand for these leads. And then, like, he came back a week later and closed. And then, like, he, we said, like, you'll make X amount of dollars off of him. I think it was, like, two grand or something like that. He's like, yeah, I want more. So the next week, he came back and gave us another $9,000. So now we're taking that money. Remember, we had to spend our own money, $4,000 a day, and we had to set on it for weeks. Now the genius, and, I, again, I don't say it all the time. This is one of the few times I'm like, this really helped us. Now I got somebody else, David Bruce, paying us money for leads so we don't have to use our own money to float for leads or whatever. 
because he don't get all the leads. We're still getting house leads too. But now he's footing the bill and he's happy. He's totally, it's win-win, it's all win. Um, and so bam, and then long story short, fast forward, we started doing that with other people. Eventually we had like maybe four other people pay us like $12,000 a month for like 20 leads. So we're making, I don't know what we're making, you know, 50 or 100, maybe 50 grand a month or something just from reps like selling for us. And they loved it. Dude, we changed our life. We had a principal that quit his job and he's got a vacation home in Mexico. Uh, David Bruce paid off, paid cash for his house in Panama City. He lives in Hendersonville and he had a paid off house. And I mean, dude, they, everybody was making money just hand over fist. Um, and so, and I'll tell you, so, so that was kind of a stroke of genius on that. I'll say something else about David Bruce. David Bruce ended up being a machine. He was so good. End up having a falling out at the end of at the, all this lawsuit stuff. End up having a falling out. He don't even work for a place mortgage anymore. It's a sad situation. Um, but he was a machine and he's a good guy and he did a great job. And he was making, I can't remember what he was making, but it was a, a, a stupid amount of money. And one of the things I did, here's another takeaway. I'm sharing this to take so y'all can take away. He had it down. And so what I did was get on the phone with him one day and talk to him about his success and what he says to people on the phone. Had it, he knew it, had it recorded and transcribed. And I went through it and uh, made my notes and stuff or whatever. And then like put it up and trained all of our other sales guys. So here's the takeaway. Once you find a pitch that works, record it, transcribe it, whether it's your pitch or somebody else's pitch or whatever, a winning thing and uh, mimic that, share it to other people or whatever. Use it everywhere too, because there's, there's stories in there, there's jokes in there, there's offers in there that you can use, so you record it. So stop right there, questions, comments about taxes, about uh, personal stuff, about anything, marketing, anything. Yes, ma'am. So it's not about your, pro well, it could be about your product, but it's about a topic, okay? So, um, and it's called Google Suggest. Literally, you go to google.com, and what I want you to do is type in, I'm going to make this up. This will be easy. You can use my own home equity line of credit. So you can go to Google and type in, um, type in what and home equity line of credit, not and. Just type in what, home equity line of credit. And as you pull it, then all of a sudden Google, you've seen it, I guarantee you've seen it. When you, when you, when you do this, you've done it, you've, you've seen it before. It will pull up 10, the top 10 cert questions that have what and home equity line of credit in it. Does that make sense? There's also an online tool, answerthepublic.com. Yep. Oh, that is money. That is, yes. That, I've used that, that is like on steroids. I love it. Like you, I think you might can get a day pass on it, of, of, and it goes super in depth on all the questions. You might on, and so you do that with who, what, when, where, and how, and all that stuff, and it does it for you. Like it has a section on there. There's like a circle. You get one free a day. So like that's what it is. Yeah, you can get one free a day, and then if you pay for it, which is pretty pricey, but if you pay for it, is. then you can do uh, day over day, so you can get report outs on that information. Yes. So, so questions are very very cool one because it's what is in people's heads about your topic so what is your topic like what is your business uh, well we've got several okay just one we're trying to launch a new what diagnostic product in all okay what's something like that you're doing now uh, well 
Okay, cool. COVID testing. Okay, so perfect. So COVID testing, you can see, type in what COVID testing, and you can see the top 10 questions about what people want to know and why COVID testing and how COVID testing and all that. And that will tell you what's in people's brains. That's number one important. Number two important is it's usually low hanging fruit ranking in the search engines on YouTube when you do questions. So imagine taking those questions and making content out of those questions, blog posts and videos about those, and it's like you're reading their minds, but the consumers do not know this. They just think, oh my God, Susan, like, what the crap? She's like, like spot on. And that's how people felt about Replace Your Mortgage in those videos, the 17 videos that were 41 minutes long, if you watch the whole playlist, that playlist made us millions of dollars um, but it was exactly what's in people's heads, and that's what made the book, too. I took the videos, transcribed them, did what I do what I do on books, and made a book out of it, because it's exactly what people want. So, do you understand? You take the questions and find out what's in people's heads about COVID testing, about diagnostics, about whatever, and uh, go from there. Uh, comments or questions? Yeah, question for you. Just, again. Say whatever. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Outsourcing, is that the key of everything you do? That's awesome. Oh. Because just hearing, like, a lot of, a lot of what you're saying is connected back to that. Like you can tell. So yeah. the question with that was the program that you used to do the automatic voicemail yeah. that your buddy made. Did that? So did that also include no ringing? Like it went straight to. Yeah, it went straight to voicemail. And people, yeah. every now and then, people like would call me back and they'd be like, "Oh man, I don't, like it didn't ring. I'm sorry, I missed you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's how. But I used it in a good way. Like I'd used it in a way that where. It wasn't annoying. Like, you know, instead of these robocalls, these stupid robocalls, it was like, oh, wow, okay, cool. You know, somebody actually called me back from the company, which we did, but it happened to be an MP3 file that was like two years old. Yeah. You know? And, and with the e can you, and maybe you will, but the yep. elaborate just on that piece around how, how, you, how you connected that piece of getting that to, or do ebooks now? Like, how do you get uh, Yeah, I would still do ebooks now. Yep. Yeah, so I always want to build a list. Your money is in your list. Um, and so it always is. You just, I mean, that's just, people will sell you all these bells and whistles, but you got to stick an offer, build a list, sell people stuff on that list or whatever that's related, even if it's not your product, you know? And even if it's a competitor's product, you can do deals. I'll challenge it. You can even do deals. Uh, Dan Kennedy talks about, he used to have a goal, a newsletter that like sold gold and stuff back in the day and they would actually sell their leads right away to their competitors. To their competitors. Because people will buy, they might not like, because Jonathan says, God bless, at the end of his videos. They're not gonna buy his gold. They're gonna buy Susan's gold because like, you know, for whatever reason. You know, because she has brown hair. It's like, oh, yeah, like, I just like brown hair. For all these different reasons, they will buy, because humans are like that, but Dan Kennedy still made money selling the leads, recouping his advertising on that. So don't be afraid if your competitors are good, you know, if they're good, legit, don't be afraid to like reach out to them on, on different things or whatever, uh, if, they, if they do a good job. Uh, but ebook, like, yeah, we, um, uh, we sold on Amazon, but like mostly it was like we just got people to go to um, the homepage or replacementmortgage.com slash ebook. And again, the website's changed now. You can go to the Wayback Machine, which if you don't know who the Wayback Machine is, Google it, Wayback Machine, and you can put it any, you can, you can look up any web address and see what it looked like 
in the past, 20 years ago. You can see what Yahoo, you can type in on Wayback Machine, yahoo.com, and see what yahoo.com looked like 20 years ago. You know, that type of thing. And so you could go back and look at what Replace Your Mortgage looked like, but replaceyourmortgage.com slash ebook had a 70% conversion on when somebody hit that page, 70% of the people gave me their name and email address. Yeah, it was a big, like, uh, it was just, and it was a headline, a big book cover, and a little bit of copy, and that was it. 70% of people did that. And so we didn't touch it for years. Um, so, yeah, you get people in the ebook, and then you um, just email them, like, enticing stuff. And then in the, in the um, and I would have good old boy emails. This is a whole other thing, like, uh, I'll teach you guys. Um, and then and I'll keep going. Um, so I would write emails. I write ad copy and things for people and myself. And uh, we would write emails that I would get people to respond back. And they thought they were talking one-on-one. You always want to like write your emails like you're talking to one-on-one, even though 120,000, 128,000, 400,000 people are getting that same email. Um, but we write to like, like Susan thinks she's talk I'm talking to her. And, um, and then I would get people to reply. And I call them money emails. There's these two emails that would get um, really big open ones. Quick question, and um, and I forgot the other one, um, the subject line or whatever on the other one. Um, checking in on you, all lowercase. That's what it is. Checking in on you. Those are the two big subject lines, and they were and they were just one-liner emails, and it would say, "Thanks, Michael," and then I hit enter like a hundred times. So people couldn't, they didn't see the unsubscribe. So they literally thought it was a personal email. Little tricks, little tricks. Yeah, so like, it was just like, oh, he's actually checking on me, you know, on that. But all, if they scroll down a hundred times, they would see unsubscribe down there. So it was an autoresponder that 400,000 people got, you know. And, uh, but I wanted to talk. And the good old boy came from I-75. I was in Bible college in Chattanooga. And right on the I-75 split, there was a big furniture store. There's still a big building there now. The furniture store is gone. But I had this Morgan Freeman-looking uh, sales manager there that um, I lasted like two weeks um, because, you know, I'm not a good employee. And uh, I moved to Arkansas. But, like, during that two weeks, he uh, was teaching me how to sell. And I, I wish I could, like, call that guy because he's made – he literally has made me millions, um, and you don't even know it. He was telling us how to sell in this big old thing. He said, yeah, when people walk in, um, I will start talking to them, and I want them to feel so comfortable that, you know, I could, like, put um, my hand on their shoulder. Now, that's their personal space. You know, it takes a lot to, like, do that. He said, I wouldn't do it every time, but I could, and that's how comfortable I wanted them to feel with me. Does that make sense? Where you can put your uh, hand on their shoulder. That's how I write my emails. That's when I write an email, I try to get that feeling. Now, I'm not woo-woo or any weird, but like, that's how, I call it the good old boy, is my Duttonism slang, is a good old boy. And I wrote those emails, checking in on you, and quick question, and they're one-liner emails, like that, so. Um, all right, so fast forward, had a bank deal. This bank, in, uh, true story, this bank in Franklin paid us a million dollars. Uh, we sent them, I don't know how many loans, 50 loans a month or something. 
It was insane. Uh, from our leads. Yeah, they had a whole HELOC department just for us. They kept trying to get rid of us the entire time. It's so stupid. Like, they kept saying, well, I need you to tell us how you're doing this. Oh, right. Well, no, we, you don't need to know. You need to, you need to tell us if there's a problem. If you're not closing in the loans, if they're, they live in a trailer park, uh, not if y'all don't live in a trailer park, no offense or anything, but like if y'all live in a trailer park and you have a 400 credit score, if you start getting those leads, talk to us. Sure. But you're not because you're freaking closing. You're freaking closing those loans. They kept trying to result out because I think, I don't know what we're making. Again, I'm, I'm not detail-oriented. I'm just giving you high-level stuff. You know, they're probably paying us, you know, uh, like 25000 25, a month or something. And... Um, Eventually, but it's kind of crazy to think about sometimes. They all total, at one point when they eventually got rid of us, um, the last five months they were paying us um, $120,000 a month. I had to split that, darn it. But I had to split that with my partner. So I was only making 60, so that's real stupid. Like, I, you know, it's not 120, it's only 60,000 a month. So I didn't know what to do with that. It was not a lot of money or anything. So stupid. I know. If I could have just made that 120,000 a month, like, you know, but anyway, so the last five months we're making 120, we're making 120. We had to split that because we're 50, 50 partners. Um, and, uh, but that wasn't even what we're making with replace your mortgage. That's not replace your mortgage. That's just the bank money. So at one point I was making about 90 grand a month. One point I made 118 grand in a month because we, I think we sold a house or something like that. And we made 118,000. I think that's the most I've made in a month, but like, um, and then, um, so at, fast forward, uh, we're making about 300 grand a month. It was about two, it ended up being about 2.3 million a year. Eventually we built it up to getting 300 to 500 leads a day, downloading our book. Um, we had about 5,500 families help. We had about seven people working for us as independent contractors. Um, I was working max 20 hours a week. You know, not because I don't like to work, but, you know, Jonathan's known me for 18 years. Like, you know, what do, how do, what do I do? Like, what do, you've seen me. I mean, just. Outsources his whole life. Yeah. There's, <laughs> you just find some money. follow up is, I'm sure, you know, where do you find, because, I mean, yeah. I, as long as I've known David, he's always, he doesn't get stuck in the weeds. He does, mm. focuses on his, he sticks to his knitting, which yeah. I guess. Focus on what your strengths are, and then outsource everything else to other yeah. people. And I've tried to learn from that over the years. Um, you know, sometimes you can get bogged down in the weeds of finding mm-hmm. people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I use Upwork.com. I found my assistant on Upwork.com. I love Upwork. Every now and then I found bad people, but, like, I'm pretty good at finding. That's one thing I am good at is finding people to work for me doing random stuff. Sometimes I'll pay people on Facebook to do stuff, like just random friends, like, hey, I'll give you 20 bucks if you go make a phone call for me or do some research for me or whatever. Um, that type of thing, gather data for me or whatever. But, um, you know, from graphics, don't be a graphic designer if you're not a graphic designer, just write a check. Um, even when you don't have money, you know, like, don't, you know, I'm not, like, do what you got to do, but, like, man, don't, do that stuff like uh just trying to do something you're just not good at or whatever just outsource it um but yeah i would hire people on upwork to do okay let me i'm a, this is skipping around but i'll give you an example okay so end up selling replacement words 2020 sued my business partner and i'll get back to that but um 
I started another business called Home Payoff Secrets, which because uh, I had no non-compete. And I'll give you an example of outsourcing. So, you know, you know more, you grow more, you know more and all that stuff. So I wanted to have more credibility. Now I've got five years experience doing this. I built the pinball machine and uh, that's what I call it, a pinball machine. I built the pinball machine. I know what to do. And so, but I want to make it better. So one of the things we did was um, there's all kinds of smart people. Keep in mind, I only have a 1.9 GPA. So there's a lot more people smarter than I am on there. And I went and hired PhDs in mathematics on Upwork.com um, from Ivy League schools. Um, and I just said, hey, I'm going to give you two scenarios. Here's a HELOC, here's a mortgage. Mathematically, which one would pay off your home faster? And I paid like $2,000 for about five PhDs in mathematics. Dude, take my money. You know what I'm saying? So when, if people question me, I don't have to tell you, five different PhDs in math signed off on this stuff. Eventually, I flew one to uh, Dr. Neal. I flew one to um, Nashville and paid him $2,000 to be on TV. I, I wrote a script. One of the things that they do on TV, you only have like two minutes. And so there's room for two to three questions, three questions, um, maybe three to four questions tops because there's a call to action too. Um, he freaking memorized the whole script. I wrote out the questions because they literally ask you, you fill out this form. And I guarantee they do it in Knoxville. Fill out a form. What are you going to, like, what is your business? Because that person interviewing you doesn't know anything about your business. She has to, one, here's a one sheet, and then here's the questions. She literally asks you the questions that you want her to ask. How sick is that? It almost should be illegal. Oh, it's set up. It is set up, and they all do it. Yeah. They all do it. But it's almost, it should be almost illegal because it's so powerful sure. if you know what you're doing. So you use objections like, yeah. hey, this is what we do. And the second one is, oh, is that a, you know, it sounds like a scam. Is it a scam? You know, whatever. And it's like, no, blah, blah, blah. This is why it's not a scam. Boom, boom, boom. Pop, you know, these answers, you know. Well, imagine a PhD in mathematics sitting on channel five holding my book. Wait a minute, you didn't even write this book. No, this book is so powerful though. You see, you see where I'm going? Transfer a trust. Transfer a trust with TV. Even though we don't like TV, we don't trust it. There's, we still trust some of it, especially local. It's like, dude, that woman lives here. Like she ain't gonna scam anybody. She's a, you know, channel five host. I grew up watching her or whatever. Um, and uh, we know these people. So it's, that's the local still has that trust. It's, it's the CNNs and the Foxes and all that that we don't trust. Um, and so, um, so the transfer of trust being on TV and the transfer of trust with a book. Oh, there's an actual book about it. And a transfer of trust uh, with a PhD, an authority. For, the key is authority. It doesn't have to be a PhD. Authority in your space. So that is, I've made a whole career out of authority. It's the only reason I write books, really. Because people trust people with books. You know, I mean, and it helps me market to people, but it's also uh, authority play. It's very subtle. I don't walk around, oh, I'm an authority, I'm an authority, I'm an authority. You let the book say you're an authority, and they're not going to read your book, by the way. Most people didn't read our book. They're not going to read it because people don't read, but they're like, the fact that you just slammed down a book, you know, you're just like, it had a thump factor. We call it a thump factor. That's why my books are 120 pages or more because there's a thump to it. 
and that's it's strategic. It's all these little things. They're not games. They're, it's just you should do everything ethically and morally. If you think you have a good product or service, you should do everything ethically and morally to sell people your stuff. If you don't, get the hell out of the game. Seriously, like you don't believe, you don't think your stuff is better than everybody's, get out of the game because you are scamming people, you know, um, because it's not the best choice for them. Somebody's better than you. Um, but if you believe what you have is value. And so I use persuasion to persuade people ethically more. I, tell, I told our sales reps, do not sign up somebody. I don't care how enticing he is. I don't care how much money you'll make because they end up getting those people that were like, paying us 12 grand a month, they got like 50%. I mean, so it added up big time. Like, and I'm like, do not sell somebody. And every now and then they would slip through and they would sell it and it's fine, it's life, you know, whatever. But I'm like, do not sell somebody that should not be sold. And uh, so fast forward, had a disagreement. I can't go into all the details. I end up having to sue my business partner, never sued anybody ever in my life, don't want to do it again. I have a mixed emotions about attorneys. Um, it's, uh, yeah, um, I'm happy with my lawsuit. I got a check. Um, it was right before COVID. It was like COVID was happening in March 2020. I got a check not too long afterwards. I don't think the business, I don't, I'm not a part of the business anymore. I don't know if the, I don't think the business is anywhere near it used to be. Um, you don't see it that much, but again, I don't know. I can't talk bad about it. I'm just, my observation, they don't seem to be around as much. That's all I can say about that. But one of the things that I will say on the lawsuit, one of the reasons I bring it up is have an operating agreement in your business. If you have a partner, make sure you have an operating agreement. One of the things, the reason why we spent so much money, besides I think lawyers are eh, shady and, you know, I got issues with that. Um, not all of them. Um, I feel like they run up your bill intentionally. I think there's things to that. And I didn't know about this stuff. I know stuff now, I'll tell you in a second. Like if I was gonna sue any of y'all, I know what I would do. I know one strategy I would do and I'll tell you what I would do. Um, but uh, it was, um, uh, sure what I was gonna say. So um, we did have an operating agreement. An operating agreement basically says how the company is ran, who owns the company, how much do they own, everything. And so we just didn't know what we didn't know. Remember, this thing happened like quick. Money started coming in quick, 2015 or whatever. And so um, we didn't have operating agreement. So when the judge was like, hey, so who owns this company? Well, they do. Well, where's operating agreement? What's operating agreement saying? Well, there's no one. So it's wild, wild west. So there's a lot of problems that we could have avoided. Um, and also make sure, make sure, and again, I can't, um, just have an attorney that's not representing um, your partner or anything, having another attorney look at it to make sure it's 50-50 and not 51-49. That's all I'm gonna say on that. Um, but, you know, make sure you catch that stuff. And um, so make sure it's 50-50, that's how it's supposed to be. Um, but have an operating agreement. Now I, I spent like three or $4,000 on one now, so if I ever even if, John, if Jonathan and I have a business, we're going to do a project together um, and we'll have to talk about stuff, but like we'll have stuff in writing. I always had stuff in writing, but now I know more. Like if I have a phone call, like, you know, like when Jonathan and I do this one project we're talking about, everything will be in writing. Not necessarily a contract, 
necessarily unless it like gets big or something like that maybe but it will all be in writing like hey this is like you know but because one uh we're friends and that always comes first and i'm just saying that just because he's here that's just fact or whatever like you know i value his friendship and don't want that to go away so i'm like you know what i know now i'm like okay let's recap what we just talked about we're gonna do this project we're gonna split it 50 50 we're gonna do these things just i'm gonna send an email out you okay it that way there's a trail i know that's that's one of those takeaways i got out of the lawsuit is put everything in writing even if it's an email doesn't matter um one thing if i was going to see you uh make sure you try to settle early that's a strategy make sure if you get sued try to or you're suing somebody um or i guess either way try to try to settle early I feel like attorneys run it up with um, different emotions and stuff. Um, they're the battles inside the war. Um, but one strategy, if I was going to sue you guys, um, I would try to run up your legal bills. So, like, maybe I find out that Susan, like, I might, depending on how big that lawsuit is, if it's a small little thing, then I'm not going to worry about it. But if I feel like there's money involved, like maybe the, like a multi-million dollar company like ours, um, that Susan and I are fighting, I might pay a private investigator to go through your trash. Now, I didn't know this stuff existed. I did not know. Now, I, our company still ran through this lawsuit, but I did not really work that much. Luckily, having an online business, I built a machine, I built this pinball machine, where I didn't have to work hardly at all. I didn't want to grow it because we didn't get along. I don't want to grow something. I'm like, dude, I know we can make $8 million, but I'm not going to grow it with a partner I don't like. We just don't like each other. Um, so I didn't really work that much throughout a year and a half, but I still, we still made you know, a bunch of money, but then most of my bills are going to law, going to legal fees. But I would just research, I was so obsessed with the, the case, and I'm telling you like detailed stuff now, but I'm sharing all this just to say, hey, if y'all ever, hopefully y'all never experienced this, because I spent 172 grand on legal fees, but that was not as bad as the emotional. And I'm not even joking about it. And it's not like 172000 is not lost on me. That is a lot of money. That was a house at the time. I could have bought another house and paid cash for it. It is a lot of money. But I'm going to tell you, I was really, I'll just say it, I was really effed up for a year and a half. It was really bad. Because um, I'm like, I'm not creative. I'm not working. That's, that's, I'm, I am creative. I'm a producer. I want to work. All that stuff. And, uh, but, um, I had a buddy that is a celebrity. Um, I got introduced to him through a, a friend of mine, but he, he mostly works with celebrities uh, in stocking cases and stuff, but he does other stuff. He's a private investigator, and he shared stuff with me of what they do, like going through somebody's trash. He said, you'd be surprised. I can tell you a lot about you just going through your trash for like a week or two and seeing like if you got financial problems or not or what's going on with you. And so... Um, and I can see if you got money. So if I see Susan might, and I look at other stuff too, you don't have any money. Again, this is if money's involved. If it's small, if it's like five or 10 grand, I'm not gonna pay a private investigator probably to do all this. But if it's like there's zeros involved, I might hire a private investigator. And then I'm like, oh, I think she just lost her job or something, her husband just lost her job or something like that or whatever. And you might be struggling. I might get file motions, have my attorneys file motions during the lawsuit to run up your legal fees so, because you have to respond to these motions. 
Well, guess what? You have to pay your attorneys two fifty to three hundred an hour to do that. So you're either going, I'm gonna bleed you out. That's just how it is. I did not know this. Had no idea this was even a thing. That's just one thing. Uh, freezing people's bank accounts. They tried to freeze a bank account at one point. And this is my only baby. This is I didn't do anything else. I'm like, you freeze a bank account, I can't pay my legal fees. And so those are strategies that you can use. That's our legal system. You know, and we're not talking about murdering somebody. Can you imagine going to jail and not even like this is just two, you know, white guys running business? Yeah, just disagreements. Yeah, uh, imagine like murder and so people in jail and that's a whole other discussion. So I'm gonna stop right there. I think I'm done with the story. I think I've shared a lot. I'm happy to share more, but like I feel like um, I end up selling out. We end up settling two weeks prior to um, two weeks prior. Um, a, a trial would cost about $50,000. 90% of cases uh, settle outside of court. That's why, um, because nobody really wants to go to trial. Um, I end up being bought out, no non-compete. Fast forward, I'll say this one last thing. I built another company called uh, A Good Landlord. We bought real estate, so we have 10 homes now. And so we do rental property, we'll do flips. But I, I did, started in 2017 because of taxes, because I was paying Uncle Sam. And now I know so much more. Now we use that money to get off the hamster wheel of business, even though I love business and I always will do business. Um, now we have rental property and it's like that saved us even during the lawsuit because I think we had like five homes at the time, you know, and then just that like kept us going and, and stuff like that. So that's the story. Now um, I just work on different projects. I haven't worked in a while, like a year and a half or so, maybe, maybe longer, like, um, really heavy, but I've got some cool projects. I'm writing a book called Short Term in the Smokies right now. I'm working on a project to do short-term rentals in the Smokies, and so I'm leading with a book. Imagine that, and because uh, that's because it works. Once it works, like you just rinse and repeat. So I come up with ideas to do that, and and then we'll buy real estate in the Smokies, and you know things like that. So I'm doing that. Jonathan and I, I think we're going to do a cool project together, um, and then we're just trying to buy real estate. Um, I might be doing some commercials. I just bought daviddutton.com last week for $2,400. Thank God, I finally got my own name. And I'm happy with the $2,400. Like, I wish I didn't spend $2,400, but dude, that thing's been gone since like 2000. Somebody's owned it since like 2000. Different people probably have owned it because it was a personal website at one point. Um, and I'm like, crap. But I would think, I'm thankful I got it for 2,400 bucks. It's mine now. And so I think I'm gonna kind of blow that up. Um, with a, my brand, a good landlord, and buy real estate and use marketing. I got some publicity stunts um, working and using that in real estate, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, but that's my story. Hopefully, y'all got value. I started the business with $200, built it up to $2.3 million, selling my half, owned 50%. And then, like I said, we started the other business, which now our real estate's worth about um, $2.5 million now. And uh, we live in a beautiful home now. Um, but I told you on the meetup, I would tell you the highs and I'll tell you the lows. I mean, like I tell you, you know, everything. It just, you know, this is just how real life is or whatever. Um, so uh, comments or questions. Surely and I'm happy to talk about your business. We can talk about anything. I just want to, I feel like the best thing to do is to share this, share a lot of this personal and professional from taxes to real estate and to marketing and all that. And then you decide whatever y'all's companies. And tell me what y'all do for a living. What are you, what are you doing? Well, before that, uh, I have a couple questions. Oh, yeah. So, with the 
I had crazy Kyler Cothran um, rent one of my properties. She just, I, I let my guard down on a rental. There's a 50 something year old woman that I rented to that still to this day, I don't know how she persuaded me. She was a professional scammer and, uh, and it cost me $4,600 to get her out of my house, but it didn't scare me. Like I made mistakes, I own my mistakes. So even on the application, she said, where it says, have you ever been evicted or arrested? Um, I got arrested for stalking my brother. Who does that? But I let her in my house. I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm not dumb. I'm not, and I study persuasion for a living. But uh, found out after she got in my house um, that I Googled her and found out that she is uh, tried to sue other landlords for different things. So like, and she even tried to sue um, the hospital in Columbia. Right, Murray Regional or something, hospital in Columbia, Tennessee, for like waste or something that got on her car and then impacted her or something. And uh, and so, but somehow I let her in the house and you can't just, like, I can't, like, you get in my house, I can't just kick you out. Like, get out, get out of my house. I, it, it'll take two to six months. So my attorney was $2,000 and then I lost rent of like maybe $1,700 or something. It ended up coming out to like $4,600. So that's definitely one of my mistakes. Now I go back and I love real estate, did not scare me. I bought since then maybe like three or four more homes since then. So it didn't scare me at all. I just learned, I'm like, okay, I need to go back to my pre-flight checklist. Here's my pre-flight checklist that I let in my home, let people like, um, so one, I only buy homes. Nobody makes me buy a home. I buy a home if I feel like it's a good deal. Two, nobody, I have to own that. Nobody makes me put you in my house or you or you or you. I put you in my house. You know, if you decide you want in the house, I'm the one that decides. So it's on me. So I go back and say, okay, well, no evictions. You've been evicted. Peace. Uh, no dogs. One cat um, allowed. Three times income. Not one time, not two times, three times. doesn't have to be exact, but, you know, within a couple hundred dollars because I don't want to evict you. I don't want to evict people. That's a terrible thing. But I want to make sure you can afford my house, you know. So, like, three times income. Um you know, I look at their job, I look at, I call, their, I call their references. I want to talk to past landlords. Oh, your mom is, uh, oh, you lived with your sister for six months? Sorry, because she's going to say you're all awesome and you might not be awesome. And so I'm going to like, I need somebody that can vouch like, like a legit landlord, not your sister or anything like that. So we call references. Uh, verify payment, like verify like, um, like, if you got a job, I need to see like tech check stubs from like how much you get paid, um, that type of thing. So that's my pre-flight checklist and do not deviate from that, um, period. Just don't, like there's certain things you can deviate, don't, but that's what I learned from that. Um, they got cash up front when they can. Yeah, 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 they got cash up front. Yes. Yes, there's that. Okay, we can neglect a few of those. Yeah. Any other mistakes I've made? No, I've not lost money yet. Um, hopefully I never will. Um, this year we made about maybe 225,000 in real estate. I'm just telling you, we flipped like three homes. And, uh, and, and last year I did a tax strategy to save 50, $52,000. Oh, if y'all wanna hear about that, I did a tax strategy that saved $52,000 on taxes. I never done it before. I heard about it, but I, didn't, I hadn't done it myself.
So you know how the media would rip on Trump about um, how he didn't pay taxes? Like, dude, he didn't create that. He didn't like, they just tried to rip on him. And I'm not saying I'm pro-Trump because of this. I'm saying it's so stupid because all the wealthy people know this and they're all doing it. But it was Trump and the media that, you know, whatever. So here's, so you got depreciation. So the government will let you de, uh, depreciate a house for 27 and a half years. So you buy, so you buy a house, okay? The government says, hey, uh, what's your name? Anna. Anna. Okay, all right. So Anna, your house is probably going to, is one year older every year. It's probably going to break down a little bit more because that's life because everything's breaking down. Uh, we're going to let you take a percentage off of that house every single year for 27 and a half years, residential, 37 and a half years, commercial. Um, take it off your house, off your taxes every year. Even if you don't do anything to your house, if you don't have, you might not have to fix your house up, but we're going to let you take $5,000 off for the next 27 and a half years. So you make $100,000, guess what? Now you only made 95000 So it lowers your taxable income. Does that make sense? Yes, but wouldn't CPA know that, like if I do taxes? Well, they know that. They know that. Yeah, but do they do that for everyone? Or okay. All right. So this is going to be a very interesting question. Um, and again, I've learned this stuff or whatever. It wasn't like I was born like this. I'd, you start hanging out with wealthy people and you start seeing things. Um, all right. So a couple thoughts. A lot of CPAs are not planners and they don't know everything. My CPA that actually does my actual work doesn't own real estate besides their personal house. They're good, they're fine. I just finished my taxes for last year because I kept filing extension. Um, actually, I got an email today uh, about them. So they know about that, but they don't know about other strategies. They've heard about strategies, but some of them they, they haven't implemented even for their own clients because they hadn't had that situation like mine last year. They, she had never done it before. So there's what you can do. Let me back up the story. Um, you can accelerate that, uh, that depreciation. So remember, you can write it off for 27 and a half years. The government will let you accelerate that right now. So maybe you just had a killer year. You just made $200,000 this year in um, you know, uh, a table business. And it's killing you. Oh, God, man, it's freaking taxes. And I wasn't even prepared. I should have like planned more for my taxes and all this stuff or whatever. But you got these rental homes. Maybe you got like four. So we use four. Um, four of our, we had nine at the time. And we use four of these to do what I'm about to tell you. The government will let you accelerate that 27 and a half years. So let's just call it for math purposes, $50,000. We'll let you take $50,000 uh, out of your houses and put off on your taxes. So now you only make 150,000. Now you don't get any more depreciation and if you sell the house next year, you got to pay that, you know, you got to pay part of that back. So you only do it on houses that you plan on keeping. So these four houses, we're planning on keeping for, you know, a long time. So if it was a house that you're, you know you're going to sell in two years, don't do it. But if you know if it's a house you're going to keep, so you accelerate it. So now you only made $150,000 instead of two hundred. So now it lowers your taxable income. And so you, you do what's called a cost segregation study. It cost me $2,000 a home. Um, they will go in and look at the roof and the carpet and the flooring and the HVAC and all these plumbing and all that stuff, do some sort of formula, and they'll say, hey, this is what you can get off per the government. You know, this is all legal. It's not gray. It's just, you know, here's the thing. Congress, like, they own businesses. All congressmen own businesses. They own real estate. 
they are writing the laws. The wealthy are writing the laws. You know, they're doing stuff that benefit them. This is one of the things that benefit them. So we did four this on four houses. Cost us nine thousand dollars, which is a write-off too, by the way. You know, I got to write all that off. Uh, Two thousand dollars. So it cost me nine grand for those four homes, but it saved us our tax. And again, this is personal, but I don't mind sharing. I think our our taxes for the year before were a hundred and twelve thousand dollars. And uh, we saved, we took $52,000 off of our taxes because we didn't actually have it. We didn't have cash just like sitting around, um, you know, getting jacked up from inflation and all that stuff, um, getting ridden away or whatever. Um, so that's one of the strategies you can use to lower your income. So like that's why you buy more real estate and commercial is even better because commercial, 37 and a half years. So imagine that was four commercial properties or two commercial properties instead of residential, and it's like, boom. I got friends that like will do, I got a friend that bought an airplane. Now again, this is an extreme example, but just like there's a million things you could do. You could go buy a truck that's 6,000 pounds or more, 6,000 pounds or more. Um, It's called bonus appreciation. I think it's 179, um, where you can um, do 100% write off the first year. So you could go buy like a Tesla or go buy a pickup truck that's 6,000 pounds or more. My buddy, there's a, a pilot. He's flew like 40 helicopters and airplanes, I believe, and for the Navy. Um, big time successful real estate agent or real estate investors. And his Bill Allen, a uh, phenomenal guy. He bought an airplane for 2.8 million dollars, 2.3 million dollars uh, past couple months. He put 300 thousand dollars down. He didn't have 2.8. He financed it. 300 thousand dollars down. But guess what? That plane was 100 percent tax write off the first year. $2.8 million. So it wiped out his income. Even though he made income, he made income, but it wiped it out because of the depreciation of that airplane. And so now he gets to keep that. So now like you get that 200 grand um, that you made, there's like 40% in taxes, but, but uh, hold up, we're not done. You take that, that real estate, you just depreciate it from the cost segregation study. Now you're keeping that 40,000, because let's just say it wiped it out, whatever. Let's just say you're keeping, let's just make it up $50,000. Now take that 50,000 and go buy something else. Go buy like more real estate. Well, guess what happens? You got another snowball. Your snowball gets bigger and bigger and it gets more and more because of your, your rental properties. And like, for instance, one of the houses that we flipped if we, we kept it a year, instead of just flipping it, we actually kept it a year and rented it. And so if you keep it a year, it, you get paid, it's a long-term capital gain. So it's only 15% taxes. Little tricks like that. So 12 days, 12 months and one day. And then we go and sell it. So bought it in April and sold it like, you know, some May, May or June of this year or something like that. But we kept it, just rented out, made $1,600 a month. We netted, I think, like 700 a month off this one particular house. But it was in Murfreesboro, wouldn't plan on keeping it. And uh, the market was high. And we end up, I bought it for 157. 157, we put 13,000 in it. And we sold it for like three, um, like 349, something like that. I think we made like 182 grand on it. And that's why we sold it. We got our money and then went and bought something else. And then we bought two more homes. Uh, we flipped them and stuff, so. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. That's a whole other strategy of, of lowering your taxes, doing a 1031. So, so uh, there's a reason. Oh, 
So on the 1031 exchange, anybody, anybody heard of that? Okay, cool. So 1031 is where like you sell something, uh, you sell a house and then you can buy, if you buy something else, you don't have to pay any taxes at all. You can roll it in and not pay any taxes, but there's rules to that. You gotta, I believe you got to identify the property within 45 days that you're gonna buy. You gotta identify, I'm gonna buy that property right there. And you got, to, you got to close in like 180 days or 90 days or something. Yeah, yeah, I feel like 180. So you got to close in that time period, okay? So there's like, and it has to be the sale price or equal. So if I sell it for $200,000, I have to go buy something. And it could be multiple properties. It doesn't have to be one property. It could be two properties, but they have to at least be $200,000. So there's these rules. And so sometimes the other one, what I was about to say is, the intent, so, all right, so for instance, that 182 grand we made on that first house in Murfreesboro, we went and bought Lancaster in Spring Hill like maybe three months ago, a house on Lancaster Street. Bought it for 200,000, so we took that money, paid cash for this house. Um, I planned on renting it, I really did. I was Intentionally, I planned on renting it, but it was like 65,000 to 100,000 rehab. I don't know the difference between a flathead and a Phillips head screwdriver. And so it was like a too big of a rehab. And my buddy that has 65 homes was like, hey, you should just flip this and find something um, that's easier. Okay, cool. Well, he has more homes than I do. I listen to smarter people than me. And so I ended up selling it and we made $49,000 on that. And then I bought this house in Columbia. Now I'll tell you that to say like, I could, I, I kind of could have did a 1031 but if I got audited, um, you, the intent has to be to rent it, okay? So when you do a 1031, if I buy a house, um, you're supposed to rent it for a while and then, you know, um, and then you flip it and then like, um, then you can do a 1031. But if it doesn't seem like your intention was to rent it, then you can't do a 1031. Well. I'm not going to argue with the IRS. I know my intent. My intent really was to rent it. I don't really flip properties that much. I try to just buy cash flow. But, um, I'm, dude, me against the IRS. Yeah. Who's going to win every time? IRS. So, Do you got any more questions? Yes. Uh, so when you buy a house, do you look at uh, like how much rent would be? Like mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to mess up with like lower rent. So uh, good question. So you try not to buy like sea level. Uh, sea level is just kind of like jacked up, maybe jacked up houses um, in jacked up neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. so you you want to be careful. Yeah. Now I'm going to say there's a caveat to that too, because never a lot of things are not black and white. I'm going to tell you about a cash cow that I have like on White Street, one a terrible drug street. I call it my treadmill house because I bought it when I was walking on the treadmill one day. It was $88,000. I don't have 88 grand. Oh, it was 88 grand. Like, I just put like $10,000 down and bought the house is what I mean by that. But like, literally decided to buy it. But don't do that. I mean, I, maybe I got lucky. Don't buy one if you're on the treadmill. Like, but that's literally, I know where I was at exactly when I said, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll buy that. But like, so um, there's a rule called the 1% rule that you try. So if you buy a house for 200,000, you want to try to get at least $2,000 a month in rent. Now that's hard to do now, but you want to try to get as close to that as possible, especially in Nashville. It's like good luck. 
But if you buy problem homes, sometimes you can do that. Death, divorce, estate sales, um, or just, you know, drugs, just everything. Problems, not stuff on the MLS. Your real estate agent is probably not going to give you a good deal because they're trying to get as much commission as possible. Like they're not going to, so forget MLS. Not saying ever, but I'm saying ever, you know. Um, and so um, it's just, it just doesn't work that way. Um, the what renters? Yeah. When yeah, on filtering them out and stuff, I would try to get to know the neighbors and like maybe exchange numbers or set up a Google alert or something. I just found out I evicted a, a tenant about a month ago and I was talking to the neighbors mm-hmm. out in the yard because I was mowing it one day and uh, they said, oh yeah, that person that you evicted a week after they moved in her boyfriend shot another boyfriend right there yeah. in the driveway and yeah. I had no clue yeah. until after she was gone yeah. right they do that that's one lesson I learned I, she pulled on my heartstrings single mother so I thought you know she's going to be harmless but who you don't interview in that process is the men she brings around. Right. They're not on the, the lease. You don't get to interview them, right? All right, so couple thought, yeah, a couple thoughts on that. Um, you need to look at who's in your home and what they're doing. Um, anybody on that is in the house is on the lease. Now, they sneak people in sometimes. They sneak people in, but like, that's why you look at your houses and um, you know, like go by every now and then or whatever. Again, none of this should scare you. It scares a lot of people, and it just shouldn't. I talked to Jonathan about it. it just, you have rental property, too. Like, it just, things happen, but, like, you control if you buy that house. You control. Oh, yeah, MrLandlord.com. We pay $35, um, and then we obviously charge them $35. Criminal, all that stuff. Um, we do credit checks. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yep. like, you know. Well, I did both of those. Everybody. But, right, it was the man that she brought in. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. that you don't know. You exactly. know, exactly. Yeah. Um, they uh. And people always and Dave, it's funny because we talk about sometimes the stories that people, you know, everybody's got a story. Oh, dude. And yep. usually you hear that. Well, let me tell you about. You know, when they call about renting, let me tell you about my story because they've got nope. something in the background, and usually those are always red flags because you're. Right? If there's a story, yeah. if they say anything <laughs> like that, and that's a thing, if they say anything, any story, it actually. One step removed is, can I speak to a person? Yeah. That is the, because they want to, you know, talk to you on the phone to kind of get you. I'm like, yeah, to persuade you. I'm like, why do you need to talk on the phone? I'm right here. Like, well, I just don't details. Well, they're in the ad. You know, this is all through Facebook Messenger um, is what we do. But, yeah, so you get people, both people on the lease, just in case they get a divorce, even if they're boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Both people are on the lease, so they're responsible. Uh Credit check, background check on both of them. Uh, but yeah, people, renters will do stuff or whatever. Um, I got this from my buddy, David Criswell. Um, I look at them as business partners. Um, so on and like, listen here, I've used a business partner. You're not gonna live in a slum. I'm gonna fix stuff. You're not gonna sit here with no AC. I can't make my guy come out in five seconds, but I will call the person and try to get him. So you don't sit there with no AC or anything like that, you know, but, um, and then, you don't live in a slum, you pay my mortgage. 
That's we're business partners. And if you stop communicating with me, we're gonna have a problem. And I don't want to evict you, but I will. I'm sorry you have like your little girl, or your, little, your, your little boy and your little girl and all that stuff like that. I don't want to, but I promise you, I will evict you. Okay, I'm not, name my company is a good landlord, but I'm not a nonprofit. Okay, so um, I will do that. And just so you know, it's a small world. There's only so many landlords around here. And they publish a list of people getting evicted. Uh, and they do. They, you can go to the courthouse and see who got evicted. And in our state, in, in Columbia, there's a, there's a real estate agent that for $35 a month, she'll get, send you the list of everybody that got evicted that month. And it's all public, but she puts it on a list and then sells it to people like me for 35 bucks a month. And I'm like, it's a small world. And the tenants don't even know this even exists. I'm like, so don't mess with your food, shelter, and clothing. Mess with, if you don't mess with anything, just don't. I wouldn't mess with your food, shelter, and clothing if I were you. So... You know, you have talks like that. So, any other questions? Yes. yes. Uh, so, that story about the PhD with maths, mm -hmm. yeah. and Upwork. Yep. Uh, did you also pay him to go do interview on TV instead? Just one. Uh, so, out of five, um, I like this one because he had communication skills. Like, this Dr. Neil um, was like his communication skills. And I think he had a background in acting at one point or something. Just probably in a college play or some crap like that. Uh, he wasn't an actor, but like he just had social skills. And he was local? No, he's in California. He went to Berkeley. I flew him in to Nashville literally for a day, hung out with him in Nashville for the day, and like did Channel 5 with him. Huh? All of his expenses you paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He stayed, we put him in a hotel, paid him $2,000, paid his air flight, his uh, airline ticket, and uh, that was it. And then he did Channel 5. It took like 10 minutes because he like aced it. He like memorized the whole script. And, uh, and then they shot it and they're like, hey, that was good on the second take. And that was done. And so he hung out until his flight. And I'm like, peace. And that was it. I flew him. He went to Berkeley like, uh, and lived in California and paid him two grand. And he loved it. It was fun for him. It was different for him. And um, yeah, but it was just, but anybody can do this in any industry. Like this is just math was important to me in my industry because I'm teaching people how to pay off their home in five to seven years. That's why I did that. Yours might be a doctor or a nurse or a scientist or uh, somebody like that that would make more sense to you. So, so when you hire like people for other tasks like uh, customer service or whatever yeah. from Upwork or something, do you, how do you, um, like, how do you know they're responsible or Okay, so that's a whole class in of itself, but I'm going to give you high-level stuff. So on Upwork.com, you can see how many, it says, shows how many jobs. So you post a project. Here's, this is what I need. And um, this is what I'm willing to pay. Um, and you can do it per project or an hour or whatever. And it even show you, like, how, what the average is and what's the high and the low. And you can say, oh, I'm going to pay this. And then you post it. And then people, and you can say what country they're from, what state they're from. There's so many criteria that they'll only like show it to people that fit that criteria. Then they start applying. Oh, you said you'll pay forty. I'll do it for thirty-seven fifty. Oh, well, I'll do it for fifty-six dollars. Even though you said you'd only pay forty, this guy says, "Well, I'll do the project. I would love to do the project. But I'll do it for fifty-six dollars." And here's why. You know, whatever. And but you can see how many jobs they've done, how much money they've made on Upwork, and their ratings. And so I will look at. Um, and every now and then I'll do, I'll give somebody, if they seem eager, like trying to hustle in a good way, 
but they haven't. It's a chicken or the egg. They can't get reviews if they just got on Upwork. They can't get jobs because they have no reviews. Can't get reviews and no jobs. Every now and then I'll give somebody a shot. Um, if they seem eager and I make you get a deal, but they seem qualified, I make you get them at a lower price, but it, it's a win-win because they actually get a job and they can make some money, but then also get a, it breaks the ice and then they get a review. I will do that, but typically I only hire people uh, with a 90% or higher rating, always. It's usually 90% or more, and they've done several jobs, at least a few thousand dollars worth of jobs. Um, I will hire those people, and uh, and I'm 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 good at it. Uh, that's what we talked about today is like hiring people. I've done it. Um, that coolest places to visit dot com that I had in two thousand seven. Um, I hired ghostwriters to write the articles. I didn't even write the articles on the website on five places to visit when you're in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. Now we take that for granted now because you see that everywhere. Two thousand seven. Those those articles like that of five places to get a hamburger in Asheville, North Carolina, they weren't like that. So I was hiring ghostwriters like 25 articles a week. And then I was, and eventually I got up to like 3,000 visitors a day to coolest places to visit. And I didn't write one article on there. I outsourced. That's my first experience outsourcing because my buddy was making $12,000 a month with a vacuum, vacuumwizard.com. He had a vacuum website that reviewed vacuum cleaners and he paid people to review vacuum cleaners. And I found out he was ghostwriting. He had it like ghostwritten. And I was like, oh my God, what could I do? And I was like, travel. That's generic and like broad and not going away. Asheville, North Carolina is not going away that we know of. And I was like, cool, I'll just do that. Uh, but now everything seems to be so like taken, you would think. Like, well, so what, what other ideas can you think if, like, if you look on the internet, there's just everything exists already with all this, this type of stuff. Okay, yes, but let me give you... It has to be something different. Like, and a twist. Yes, everything has to be different. You're right, because the internet was not as congested as it is now in 2007. Totally, but like, but the takeaway, the topic was outsourcing. That's why I like, you know, that, that's why I brought that up, because it was talking about he outsourced, and that's what got me outsourcing, because I was trying to learn all of his code. The code's not where the money's at. So let me comment on something real quick on how everything is done and just there's so much out there now. I'm writing a book on short-term in the Smokies. Do you, do you think people own cabins already? The Smokies have been around for a few years, I believe. And uh, so is buying rental homes and short-term rentals. Am I late to the game? Maybe, maybe not. Like, but what I'm doing is packaging a book with 25 uh, people that own short-term rentals sharing their story of like the highs and the lows and everything so it's like a mastermind group but in book form just for the smokies just a niche so i've got the evergreen the smokies there nobody's moving the smoky mountains anywhere that i know of and then real estate investors are not going away there's always going to be somebody that wants to buy a cabin or it doesn't have to be a cabin a short-term rental in the smokies they want to capitalize on that but i'm going to come in and drop a bomb on them and have this book, this cheap book, that's like, oh my God, wow. And so I'm like, this is 2022. Do you not think people are talking about short-term in the Smokies right now? Yep. There's probably YouTube channels and podcasts, but I think I can at least be as good as them, if not better. And people buy multiple things. Susan might have a book on short-term in the Smokies, and it was, and it's good. It might be good, but I might have a little twist. She doesn't. She didn't interview 25 
like tomorrow I got an interview uh, with a project manager, or I keep saying project manager, property manager uh, in a Sevierville at nine, at nine that is hooking me up a lot of short-term rental people. And that's how my book's gonna be written. And you just put, you just put stuff together. That's all you do. Um, what business do you got right now? What are you doing or want to do? Oh, cosmetics? Yes. Okay. So my number one selling product is dry shampoo. And it's actually yep. powdered dry shampoo. So it's currently number one on Amazon. So oh, nice. <laughs> even though there's so many other products in yes. the industry, so it works. Yes, even yeah. Though, and there's so many competition. Yep. And so you got to have something that's unique and fresh yes. and different and good that works and get reviews and, and all on everything you do. And you should do it just being a good person. Or whatever but like that's awesome so why did you come tonight just to learn well i was interested about taxes <laughs> yeah taxes. yeah absolutely there's all kind of things so like um there's there's so many things you can do for instance like and i'm again i'm not a cpa but i 2017 i acted like i was going to be one and i still do every single day now i get better and better every year because i hang out with wealthy people i'm like oh man you did this so like another thing you could do let's say you, you have a kid and they can work. You know, we have we just have uh, one kid that turned 11 uh, Tuesday of this week, so she's capable of working. But she, you know, she can't do everything. Um, but like, she can actually do stuff. And because if you get audited, you got to prove it. So watch this. I can pay. You can pay a child up to 12,000. Again, I'm not a CPA. Check it out. But uh, 12,500 a year tax free. Okay. So I make 100,000. And then I'm going to go pay Anna, my child, uh, 12500 um, for being a model um, for my business, helping me in marketing, um, doing um, paperwork, doing admin work, whatever they can actually do. Okay, like, again, because if you get audited, you got to say, did Anna actually do any work? Okay, so I get to take $12,500 off of my income on my taxes. So now you take that $12,000 and I go set up a self-directed IRA and you want to do self-directed so you can go buy art, businesses, real estate, you can loan money. Okay, so like now I go put $12,500 into Anna's like uh, SEP IRA, okay, which grows tax-free, okay, and then I want to go buy real estate. So now I'm like, oh my God, I need some money for a down payment. Then I go to Anna and get uh, the SEP IRA and I do a loan with her and charges me 14% interest. You want to be reasonable interest or whatever. It can't be 32% interest or anything like that. Um, reasonable interest, 14% uh, on that money. So we take that money out and borrow against it and I go buy real estate and then I pay her back, put it back in there and it grows tax free. And so now you see how like that shaved off my income, another twelve thousand five hundred. That's one strategy. Yeah, it keeps going up already. <laughs> exactly, but there's all of these different things that you can do. You're never going to hide it all. The government wants wants money, but there's things you can do. Like I'm coming out with a book with my rich friend Noah. Uh, we're going to do it together on what to do when you make a hundred thousand to a million a year, because of this very topic. This very topic, because I was like, oh crap. I mean, I didn't know, I wasn't even prepared for 2017. It was a great problem, but it was a terrible problem. $203,000, like, could, 
realistically be worth a million dollars to me right now, five years later, because of what happened with home prices. Um, so, one, mm -hmm. uh, conservation easement. Yep. You know about that yep. one? No one can build on it ever. Mm -hmm. So you are saving it, freezing it in time, if you will. And when the time you do that, you get that appraisal value as a tax credit. So it's it's three hundred grand mm -hmm. as a three hundred grand tax yeah. federal tax credit. Right. Yep. There's lots of different cons yeah, uh, conservation easement. Yep. Preferably, it's got some really good fishing places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that catfish. Um, right, because, that, yeah, that's what you would want to use it for. It's like absolutely. Or yeah. willing or, you know, still yeah. use the property. Mm -hmm. use, use the property. Absolutely. All right. Uh, anybody? Questions? Oh, what, what, do you, what do you do for business? And tell me your name again. Mandy. Mandy. All right. What do you do, if anything? I just started a directory maybe about two weeks ago. A directory? Okay. And you want to sell listings, probably advertising, uh, sell listings, or what do you want to do with it? Yeah. Well, the only income I'm going to make, I'm doing donations too to help mm -hmm. animals and plant trees. Yep. So that way they don't fall and happen. Yep. Um, yep. Um, it's been a rough pill because it took a year just to get the website up. Mm. I'm on my eighth web developer. Oh, nice. Yep. Yeah. And I've been a nurse my whole life, so oh, I don't wow. know anything about business. Okay, gotcha. Well, good for, for good for you for like having the courage uh, to even do a business, even though it's like hard. I talked to somebody yes, uh, yesterday that was starting that's not business, and she had started something. And but good for you for even like getting started or whatever, because that's what you got to do. You just figure, you know. You should. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's that. Yeah. So, um, so it's a it's a direct it's a resource that people can go to connect the right or it's for the whole U.S. and I'd like to involve Canada too. Um, is there any question? I've been I don't know everything. I've been making money online since 2000, uh, or since I was like 22. So, but. So I guess my question mm -hmm. would be. Okay. So, I mean, eventually, you know, my only income would be I was going to charge like $30 a month for the professionals to email me. And then I'm like, okay, nobody wants to join even for 15 so I have to be the first 150 that does that just for new business. Yeah. And I told my web developer, I'm like, I think it's the website, the way it looks. Uh, I was going to say, yeah, it has, it, that's one thing. It has to be that. That's what I yeah. said. No, it's not. You're, it's your new business, so that's what it is. So then now. Well, there, there's that too. Yeah. The money's in the traffic. So yeah. if you have visitors coming to your site, I don't care how ugly it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's the key. You can charge for it. Yeah. It's whoever owns the traffic. Google owns traffic, so they make, you know, the most money, you know, but it's whoever owns the traffic. Well, that's what you got to work on. I decided on my own 
whatever I could do on the because I'm not tech savvy, but I put pictures on the about page and my partner's page, yep. and I started getting more interest because I put pictures. Oh well, I mean that's our brains now. You know, that's our brains. I mean, look at Insta. All it is is pictures. Well, see, and I'm not even on social media. I'm a very yeah. hands-on. Right. Yeah. Um, well, I think the marketing thing, you need to have someone with the brand knowledge of, like, how to brand, how to make it look mm-hmm. how to describe it so people yeah, go to your website, they yeah. read the first sentence, and they're like, wow, I got to join. Yeah. So you got to make first impressions. So mm-hmm. They're not. I was going to say, they're not because they use different parts of their brain a lot of times. Just because they design uh, websites, they're not designers. Yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah. Look, I'll do a consultation with you, like nothing to sell, just to kind of get you stuff like that, like the Upwork.com, just that alone. Just what I shared tonight, just on Upwork.com, will change your life of just even how to hire people. I'm like, I feel like, you know, I'm better at most on hiring people because I've done it since 2007, and I'm a freak about my time. I just like that more than anything else. Uh, more than money, everything is my time. Just like hanging out the past couple of days, just doing whatever I want to do. But I will do a consultation with you, and like I'll even look at your website and maybe give you some more ideas um, on that space, um, you know, that industry or whatever to like, attract. But you know, you're right. I mean, you're uh, Eric's right, and all like you got traffic going on there. You got the look going on, like. Uh, and so and, and being new, they're like, dude, there's nobody wants to be the first. Everybody wants to be in the club you can't get in. Is this a directory for the whole U.S.? Like, so wherever somebody goes, they go to New York or they go to, you know, whatever state, they click on mm-hmm. and they can, okay. No, yeah. Um, my advice, uh, one, I would start locally first and then prove the success and then That's move on. I, I call it a domino effect, is the very first thing you gotta have is traffic. And then you focus on, okay, what, one, okay once I get them to the site, you know, trying to convert them then. But the very first domino is how am I gonna get people even to my site to even worry about what the site looks like, how it functions, and what it does. And then once you get the site going, then you figure out the back end, like how you're getting paid and uh, I would, I would, I would probably ninety, ninety-five percent agree. Like I think there's a little gray in there. There's, a, I think, a mixture. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, there's I a mixture of that. Speech. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's like you've got to have that brand. You, I, I call it like making sure. You're, one of the things I do is like I'll come up with ideas. Not that I know everything, but just I, I run it by like the stupid test. Like once I feel like um, I've got something down, I run it past three or four smart friends that I know like are educated on that topic make sure I'm not doing anything stupid. Like, am I too close to my thing? And I'm like, oh, dude, that was dumb. Like, and I didn't know it was dumb. I'm like staring right at it, but I'm way too close to it or too Kool-Aid drinking on my own thing. Like, there ain't no problems with it. Uh, but I pass it through three or four of my friends that are like smarter uh, or as smart or smarter uh, on that stuff. But yeah, like, 
you've got to have an attraction why they should even join, you know. Um, there's just, a, yeah, there's just a lot going on, you know. And also, by doing mm -hmm. a national thing, you don't know where to focus your effort unless you yeah. have hundreds of millions of dollars to do on Like venture money. capital money, like I would do, yeah. You've got to even yeah. niche down yeah. to a really narrow niche where you can just say, all right, advertise to all these, you know, very small niche people in USA, or you got to, I would probably niche down to the... Maybe state. Maybe state, because like local in Knoxville, maybe Knoxville, Tennessee might be too small if it's more like alternative health type stuff, because there's like only so many yoga people and so many like counselors or so many, you know, whatever it is. Well, you, you, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm with you, like, national with no money. In 2022, I just personally would just, uh, I feel like, you know, that is just, you got people with, like, millions and millions. And that would, that's where you start. And if you put yeah. concept there. Yeah, then you can add to it. Do another. Uh, what is the site that people buy furniture all the time? Wayfair. Wayfair used to be niched. Nobody hardly knows that. They, I can't remember the whole story. I'd have to read. Um, um, I mean, Amazon was just books. So. Yep. Um, yeah, there's a, to, to jump on what they're saying, there's a great book. Dave and I were talking about this book today. It's a fantastic book out there called, and it's been around for a long time, but it's called Blue Ocean Strategy. Mm -hmm. So the whole point is to, and some of y'all may be familiar, but the whole point is to go after markets in uncontested space. And so you're, you're always looking to identify areas that you can see a mm -hmm. large fish in a very yep. or a smaller pond. Gorilla stomping in a mud puddle. Instead yeah. of going after the big, you know, being the, going after the ocean, uh, going yep. into the ocean and being the tiny little minnow yep. in the ocean, you're just going to get overwhelmed or yeah. you're going to get eaten by the sharks. Yep. So you find a small pond and then you try to narrow, hone in on that, like mm -hmm. Eric was saying earlier. Focus in on an area and just be the big fish in there. Mm -hmm. All right, so I found the email uh, my friend Dean Jackson wrote um, about Wayfair. I didn't even know this. One of the um, he entitled "Overnight Success." Uh, one of the greatest stories I've heard in recent memory is the one about Wayfair. Have you ever heard of this company? It's a huge home goods e-commerce site here in the U.S. They're like the Amazon for furnishing all things your house. Anyway, the reason Wayfair story is so fascinating to me is that on its surface, it appears they came out of nowhere and an overnight success. But when you peek at the behind the scenes and understand their background of how they actually got here, you'll find one of the best examples of profit activator number one mastery uh, out there, which hold other topic. Um, they started out as a tiny company selling bar stools. They built the website for it, allbarstools.com. All and all they focused on was to make that profitable. After allbarstools.com became sustainable, they moved on to the next tiny niche, grandfather clocks. They built the website for it, everygrandfatherclock.com. And again, all they focused on was to make it profitable and sustainable. And after that, they moved on to yet another tiny niche, then another one, and another one, and you get the idea. In other words, when they were doing this, they were attacking the whole home goods and furnishing space by really dominating each individual niche in that market at a time. One market, one target market at a time, like you're saying. 
Um, and before you know it, they had an empire of 270 individual e-commerce sites and each of them very niche specific and each of them making money. In total, they were making hundreds of millions in sales. So they decided to get venture funded. So all these people with venture capital, venture funded to combine everything and boom, now you have Wayfair. That's where you have the hundreds of millions of dollars to advertise. Yep. And overnight success came out of nowhere and they're dominating the space and all that. So that's the story of Wayfair. So uh, it's 9.05. It's crazy. It's past my bedtime. But um, any other questions, answer now. It's all free. I don't got anything to sell you. I would not say definitely ebook, but 99% of the time ebook. But like, don't be afraid to do a checklist. Don't be afraid to uh, like a checklist of whatever would make sense in your space or whatever. You know, uh, there's a lot of things. Um, um, an e-course on something that sounds like so old school, like 10 years or 15 years ago, but it depends on what it is. Like, what would your niche really want that could benefit them? I like books because they make me appear bigger than I am, you know? Good. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, Good. Good, good. Um, if anybody wants my, I'm going to give you my cell phone. If anybody wants to reach out, um, you don't have to, but if you want to. I'm not answering the phone. I'm not answering the phone. I mean, I just said you can call, and that was about it. Like, yeah. Yeah.